0: Welcome to the Public Service Reform Podcast from the Center for Market and Public Organization. My name is Ramesh Vaitalingam, and today I'm talking to Professor Matt Jackson from Caltech in the United States. Matt, your work is all about social networks. What are, what are, what are social networks?
1: Um, well, social networks are uh, relationships, a, a mapping of relationships among individuals, um, which gives us some idea of who talks to whom and how they interact Uh These things are fairly important in a lot of economic interactions. Normally we think of a a textbook economics class, or textbook economics would teach us that markets are sort of competitive, um, anonymous objects, but a lot of them are fairly decentralized. Um, They they involve uh, personal relationships in determining who Transacts with whom? So, for instance, uh, many jobs are obtained through social networks. I mean, there's a long history of research, both in economics and sociology, looking at um, job contact networks um, and, and documenting that basically between, depending on a profession, somewhere between 30 and 80 percent of people would have obtained their job through social contact uh, rather than through some sort of anonymous application. Um, so these things are very important in, in the way that, that we learn about things and, and what we end up doing. And so this is sort of putting more fabric onto economic interactions than we usually have in, in the standard models.
0: So networks are something distinct from markets, or they're something that they interact with markets. What was the? Um, I
1: mean, I guess it's more the structure of a market or the the, the underlying structure of who transacts with whom or. So, for instance, uh, what what I'll be talking about in the conference today is is, um, how the social network influences what products we learn about, how we decide on whether or not to, um, say, adopt a new technology or, you know, um, learn a language uh, buy a particular good. Um, And that's going to be influenced by who we know and what they've done and, and... how many of our friends have learned something. Um, you know, it, it, we see that anywhere from children to adults, um, businesses. Um, there, there are lots of studies of diffusion of technology, and what this does is sort of try and put the social structure into it and see how that matters. Um.
0: So how, how do you go about putting a value on, on, on a network? How do, how do you go about putting a value on, the, on your relationship with a, with a group uh, of people that may benefit you?
1: Um, So, I guess one of the ways that we're looking at it, 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 it's actually a very difficult thing because these these networks are very complex. Um, We interact with many different people. Some of them we interact with on a very deep level, others on a superficial level. Um, So, it's not so easy to quantify. And and part of the the challenge of bringing social networks into economic studies is really understanding how we can take this very complicated animal that's sort of nebulous in the real world and, and make it something that we can measure and and see the impact of and and try to understand in a systematic way um so so let me give you just an example so one of the early studies um in sociology on diffusion of, of uh, new technology was one on on how doctors adopted um, a new drug that was put on the market and and they, they looked at doctors and then they looked at when they first prescribed this drug to a patient and what they found was that the first people who, who adopted it were people were doctors who had many other friends who were doctors. And the, the last people who adopted it were doctors who had very few other friends. So that, that would be a very crude measure of the social network, but it would just give you an idea of how connected you are. So if you have lots of connections, you're much more likely to hear about something. You're, you're going to be one of the earlier people to hear about it and more likely one of the earlier adopters. And so one thing one can do is we actually have good measures of how these connectedness measures differ across social networks. So, for instance, professional networks, um, some empirical work we've been doing recently seemed to show that friendship networks um, tend to have less uh, variability. So when you look across people in the population, a lot of people would have very similar numbers of friends. Um, but when you look across, uh, say, in terms of professional contacts, you'll find some people who have many professional contacts and other people who have very few professional contacts, and so that's a very different network structure. You've, you've got much more diversity in a professional network than you do in a um, in a social network. And so one question is: Does that affect the way the speed at which adoption would take place, or the speed at which information would travel in these networks? Are, are professional networks going to be different from from purely social networks.
0: And presumably there are uh, more and less desirable outcomes from networks. I mean, networks seems to have a positive oh, t- yes, feel yes, to it yes, these yes. days, but uh, I mean, oh, yes. when people talk about the old boy network or the old school network, that's less desirable. Exactly, exactly. And,
1: and one of the things that, so some work I've been involved with, with Tony calvo armengol for, for a few years now, has been looking at uh, the impact of social networks on employment um, on social mobility uh, and, and you can begin to you know you, you can quantify things like the, the old boy network and, and really show that that social networks can be an impediment um, towards social mobility that basically if, if your network isn't if you're not well connected um, that's you're going to suffer for it and, and that y- you know you can match up uh, you can actually, gain insight into sort of persistent differences across social groups and ethnic groups, um, in wages and employment rates, you can begin to to explain some numbers that haven't been well explained with standard models, really by looking at how connected individuals are and and what the state of their social networks are, and and that adds a lot of explanatory power. So indeed, you know, it has a side that can help explain things that that we might want to improve. As well as you know, understanding diffusion or things like that.
0: How, how does the idea of social networks relate to social capital? If that's another popular okay. uh, <laughs> no, that's a, social
1: capital is probably one of the most difficult things to nail down. It, it's a term, I, you know, if you if you googled social capital, who knows how many entries would come up. Um, it means many different things to different people. Uh, I, I guess what you might say is that if you really wanted to talk about what social capital is, you have some idea that it's how valuable people's relationships are, how much, you know, uh, um, how strong their bank of, of relationships is. Uh, you could think of social networks as one way to make that precise. So if you really wanted to, to begin to get down the same, how do we how do we really think about social capital or what it's going to be, we'd want to talk about, well, what are the relationships, who's talking to whom, how valuable are those relationships. Um, how do those work over time, and then you'd really want to begin to map out uh, how, how that works. And so, I guess you could think of social networks as as a, a way of really making social capital something that, that you can talk about. It's effort. more of an economist take on, <laughs> right? Right. I more detailed look at it than um, than an abs- than sort of a nebulous look at it. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, going back to the the issue of you know, possibly networks having undesirable uh, social outcomes, um, I mean, is is there something that public policy could do here? Are there some oh, interventions yes. that sure, sure? Should make? So,
1: so, one thing that you begin. So, so let me give you an example. That uh, when you think about people's choices of whether uh, whether or not to continue an education, to, to go to university or to. Um, basically improve themselves in terms of learning some skill uh, that's very heavily influenced both by what their future prospects are going to be which depends on their social network and what the people around them are doing which depends on their social network and as a result what you get is you get sort of a um, what you know economists like to call a multiplier um, if, if you, you help a few people then that helps their friends as well because uh, as, as you, you know, send their friends to university, then these people learn about what university can do for them. They also have contacts of other people that are going to university. They have, uh, you know, this has sort of a snowball effect, basically. And so what this does is it gives you an idea that, that rather than just sort of spreading subsidies blindly and um, you want to take advantage of the fact that there are going to be relationships uh, um, between different individuals' decisions, and that can help leverage um, what, what you're doing. So if, if you invest in specific areas, investing um, among a whole group can help lift that group more than, than if you just sort of scattered a little bit here and there. And so, so understanding how this works can, can help shape um, policy in terms of you know, improving um, the, the, the outcome for,
0: for different groups. And the message will be then go to university because you'll make lots of friends that might uh, <laughs> yeah, to, uh, yeah, later yeah, right, right, So, so the,
1: you know, when we talk about networking. Um, yeah, it really, it, it's really there, and it, of course, it does matter.
0: What about job market interventions? Are, are there other things that, that that could be done there which could have an impact on? Uh... Um, yeah, I mean,
1: there's a number of ways that you could begin to think about it. Uh, I think that one, one thing is the, the understanding of exactly how social networks work in the job market. Um, so it, it's still in its infancy and so one, th- one thing that we, that's well documented now is that it matters. Um, exactly how it works and why it works, you know, why is it that firms are hiring through these kinds of, of means? What's the advantage to it? Um, and, and there are a number of different potential explanations, but depending on which explanation is right, is it that you, you trust people that you've hired through somebody that, that you already knew? Um, is, is, is that it or is it the fact that, uh, that these people can screen potential um, employees better or just that you want to find people that look similar to your, your employees already or is it that it's very costly to try and screen people that apply anonymously? Um, depending on which is true and why, why firms are using social networks as a means of, of employing people. Um, might give you very different directions in which you'd want to, um, you know, help this market in terms of making it more accessible to a wide range of people. So there are, there are reasons behind why these things work and, and you want to understand those um, before you really start um, meddling with them. And so what one, I think, part of the, the challenge at this point is really getting a, a deep understanding of exactly how these work when they work and why they work. Um,
0: And And the paper you're going to be talking about today is about how new technologies get taken up and new behaviors, including, I understand, talking about the decision that people might take to to learn a new language.
1: Right, so so exactly. So so this is going to be something uh, where um, obviously a lot of decisions we make depend on decisions that our friends have made or our family have made or our business associates have made. Uh, and those are going to depend on the social network structure. And in particular, um, we'd like to be able to distinguish between the impact of different structures. So as we vary the network structure, trying to understand how that impacts the de- rates of diffusion, the levels of diffusion. Um, and there, there you know, there's some things that get adopted and some things that don't so there seem to be these sort of tipping point phenomena where you, you need to get to a certain point before things take off. And understanding when it is that you get to that point, um, whether or not the structure of the social network affects whether or not you get to that point. Uh, and, you know these, these are the kinds of questions that we're interested in modeling. And so here we're, we're doing some sort of, I guess you might want to call it foundational work, where we're really just sort of building basic models that, that can where you can put in different networks and then see different effects um, and, and try to and understand how this works. Matt Jackson, thank you very much. Thank you.